is the Sounding Board Podcast with Hachi and Damo. Thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. And it's good to have your company on the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise. Series 7, Episode 13 of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. And... Uh, Still relatively unusually, both in the same studio here today at South Bank. Craig Hutchison, good morning, Tuesday morning, very early Tuesday morning, as we like to declare to our listeners each and every week. You're obsessed with when when and how we where, record, don't you? Why, where, when, Hutchie? Even it's... though it's a podcast, no one cares. You're obsessed with it, just like you are how many series we're in, how many episodes we're in, which no one else cares no, about because other than you. I, I like telling people when it is, Hutchie, because we can say something right now at uh, 6.48 a.m., and it can be really dated by 7.48 a.m. on the same day, let alone when people choose to listen to us. And so. I'll be on a plane to New Zealand today to our SENZ office, so if anything happens on the back of the podcast, can you handle it for me? <laughs> well, I'm gone. Well, now, Jane can. Now, by the way, last week, unintended consequence. We started off with a bit of fun, <laughs> yeah. the 2022 Sounding Board Glass Jaw Award. For media who are sensitive about being criticised when they're the ones that criticise all the time, they've got glass jaws. And yep. all of us, and I did point out, yep. which was over, which was missed by many, that the very best journalists, the elite, are the ones with the glass jaws. So it's a compliment. Oh, so that, that's why it's, it's something good that I was the first nominee then. You so so the I, I can take it as a badge of honour, can I? We'll look back in years to come when we've got massive glass companies sponsoring this segment and we'll look back with pride saying you were the first ever glass jaw for your unbelievably... Stubborn defence of Scott Pendlebury's subtle criticism of the media. Maybe a tad precious as well, me. Precious, all right. I asked Jane for the uh, sound effect of Stone Cold Steve Austin, the WWE, who always had glass crashing when he walked out. And so to set this up, give us the Stone Cold sound. Someone's going to go at us. This can't happen. Someone outside the tent's bagging us. This is not acceptable. There it is. There's the glass <laughs> crashing as Stone Cold goes through the e curtain. So this is what happened last week, Damo. I put out the call. If you see or notice glass jaws, hashtag glass jaw. Within 24 hours, yeah. in my natural movements around the, <laughs> the city, yep. I ran into infinite amount of media people who were all offended at the thought that they were glass jaws, <laughs> not realising they were feeding the glass jaw narrative. <laughs> By being offended in the first place. (laughs) And so my nomination too makes me feel very uncomfortable. Because we... Because it's easy to nominate, nominate me, Hutchie. I know the way you like. You, you, you take the low-hanging fruit on everything you do. You never, ever criticise Jared or Gary or Tim. So I, I know I'm going to have to do all the heavy lifting on these nominations. I'll be, I'll be equal in my, my observations of glass jaws. No, you won't. You'll be, as usual, disingenuous. Makes me uncomfortable because we have such high regard for the podcast and for the person, and they are the best they've ever that's ever been. Oh, all the caveats, but yeah, get them out of the way. Monday night, after five or six people had expressed a little bit of concern during the day that they were being possibly targeted as glass jaw, and they would never be that person. I ran into <laughs> Caroline Wilson. Oh, here we go <laughs> at Footy Classified, and I said, "This is a bit out of school, but I'm I'm going to go there anyway." I said, "Hi, Caroline, how are you?" She said, "Someone told me you mentioned today that I might have a glass jaw on the podcast." How can you think I've got a glass jaw? Let me tell you, I am one of the, the most – I can take anything. I don't have a glass jaw. I'll tell you who has got a glass jaw is so-and-so, 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 and so-and-so. Personally, me, I don't think I've got a glass jaw. Well, there you and go. how could you reference that I have a glass jaw? And I said – Caroline, that is having a glass jaw. It is not having a glass jaw. The number one quality of having a glass jaw is not knowing you have a glass jaw. So a little bit of fun, but – in all seriousness, Caroline Wilson is my second nominee. Oh, for that—that's reasonably brave of you for being for being sensitive to 
the preview I gave that the likes of Caroline and Mike Sheen and others who are elite. <laughs> By the way, Carrie did make some good points about her ability to combat the um, more than most along the journey. But I, for, for being sensitive to being the glass jaw, glass jaw nominee it is. And, and as we said last week, Coach, you're going to get uh, Waterford Crystal to to develop a trophy for this yep. recipient. And in true glass jaw fashion, upon receipt of glass jaw trophy. Glassjaw will shatter in hand of person who wins yes. it. Yes. Yeah, it, it's actually, it's programmed to break the moment. The other unintended consequence was the amount of people who listen to our content who are pointing out the people on our networks who have glass jaws. Well, this is where I want to go to now. I haven't reviewed them all yet. Yes, you would have, because we've had a stream of people highlighting. Yeah. We've had a stream of people highlighting uh, that uh, Jared Waitley may well be this week's nomination. Why is that? And, and this will hurt you because you can't you can't at all critique Jared in a in a way you would critique others. But uh, this was sent to us by a lot of people. But the first person who sent it in was Jay on Twitter. Uh, here's the true test for at Craig Hutchie. Will he put his beloved Jared? As this week's winner of the Glaster of the Year Award, Kane calls a player fat, the coach defends the player, and now the coach isn't concentrating on his job by responding one-way traffic. And he's uh, he's referred to a conversation and a, and a statement made by Jared Whaley. Our football conversation owes so much to people who are prepared to put views forward and then they take a ticking from people who shouldn't care. Adam Simpson shouldn't care what Kane Corns thinks, and if he does... He's not concentrating on his job. That, that's that's glass jaw. I haven't I'm not across. Oh, of course you're not. I haven't seen it. <laughs> I will. I will review it during the week. <laughs> <laughs> I need to create an award for you to somehow miss media that's in front of your face when it suits you. <laughs> and then there's the then there's the the go the other way on this stuff. So we're looking through the window right now here in Melbourne at Kane Corns, who looks like a cross between Ric Flair, Hulk Hogan, and uh, the musician Pink. <laughs> He's dyed his hair. In true Jack, uh, that, that was a sight to see tribute. in the makeup room of uh, the footy show, the Sunday footy show on on Sunday about so six thirty a.m. Can I just tell you, I was watching in my office, had no idea. I loved it. I thought it was sensational. It was old school. Have a laugh at yourself. Diffuse a situation. Pay tribute to a young man. It was Lou Richards meets Sam Newman, and and Kane is polarizing. Kane is people. Some people love him. Some people are not as hot on him. I love him, as you know. But you can't actually beat joining in the joke on yourself by doing that on scale, on stage, and with a shock value. And he's and the best part about it, the outcome, he looks better. I think it's a keeper. <laughs> I think it's actually a really good look. I think it's a keeper. Yeah. But and then Justin Lepich franked it with a beautiful line in the interview on the when he said, "Oh, he looks like Mike Kane's got a personality with that haircut." So well done. And that's I think that a little bit of that fun in football demo. Yep. Is missing from the modern era, you know, and I know Eddie's talked about this a lot over the journey too. And there was an era, and Front Bar does it very well, and you know, others are attempting to, to get into that space. But there was an old, you know, you go back to the kiss of death days, and you go yeah. back to the and uh, controversy wouldn't last because someone would be the first to have a laugh at themselves. And we've probably lost our way a bit on that as an industry. That was a beautiful way of there's I'll, no glass jaw about that. I'm with you, Jack, I'm with you. Yep. Do we want to stick with Glassjaw, Hutchie? Because I, I I've even brought some audio to the table oh, today no. on another nomination. Okay. Um, a guy I've always uh, loved watching play initially and commentate, Steve Carfino last week had some pretty damning things to say in, in Nick Kyrgios' appearance at a, a charity match. I'm going to go on the record right here. Man, put the camera on me. <laughs> Where is it at? What a jerk. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Man, what lack of sportsmanship. He's blocking girls' shots. He's not passing to his teammates. This is a celebrity game. So you would have 
I'm assuming Hutch, he caught up with that one because he, he's not an SEN employee, so you're able to comment on, on this one. Um, no, that, that, that's glass jaw. Well, I think it was fair coverage. Like, Nick, did you see the game? I saw the highlights as on the back of what Steve Carfino raised. I wasn't even aware Nick Kyrgios was playing in this game. So I watched it. Homicide commentated it. It was a great idea by the Sydney Kings, and they had some really, you know, they had the Premier involved, and they had so anything that promotes the game I'm all for. I thought it was a really neat idea. Hats off to the Sydney Kings, and well done on making the grand final. He took it way, way, way too seriously. There is, it is beyond dispute. And you don't mind seeing his stuff. You want to see him a dunk and a block here and there. You don't want to see him 15 minutes dominate a game and refuse to come Archie, off the social If he game. didn't take it even half seriously, he would have been criticised, not by Kofino, but someone else for, for not taking the no, moment man, we, seriously. We, you and he I, can't win. We worked in the, in the EJ Winton Legends game for 25 years, and we would sometimes laugh about those taking it seriously. This was another stratosphere. <laughs> Curious. <laughs> he played like there was an NBA scout in the in the crowd, and he and there was eleven or twelve on the team. He wouldn't come off. He wouldn't rotate. He went too far. <laughs> he got caught in the moment and actually, the, the, and squatting the premier like that. Oh, well, I didn't mind that one. But yeah. actually, your EJ Witten comparison, you you might have won me round on that. Actually, I probably he, he went way, maybe Steve Steve way, was right way too far, and Steve was probably the first one brave enough to say it. <laughs> And then they came, didn't they? But, yeah, actually, yeah. fair point. Fair point. Hey, um, are you a Curios fan? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I have been big because I don't, I don't think he owes anyone anything. And nope. this this notion that he's meant to represent the country and therefore us, no, no. Tennis players are individual athletes. That they they're born in a certain country, which means the the country's name is beside them in brackets. But he owes us nothing. We, we and if he wants to carry on like the way he does, well, good on him. That, that that's his right. We don't have to like him. But but if you don't like him, you don't have to try and rope others into that dislike. We walk a tightrope, don't we, between as a as a media, between wanting people to express themselves and then yeah. being highly critical when they do. And the glass jaw is, you know, speaks to that. Well, back to the Kane's point. I mean, when, when he when he picked on Jack Gittiman, and and I don't care what he says, and you know, I'm his number one fan holder, Kane. I I, I absolutely fan holder, fan <laughs> lover. <laughs> Card hold, holder. Hold I'm trying to get the card holder. I'm the number one card holder <laughs> of the Kane Corns fan club. Um, but he, he did go Jack Ginnivan. He did go Jack Ginnivan. And in the same you know, period of time, he then bemoans the lack of you know personality in sport. Um, but he's rectified that. Yeah, and it all comes down to results. If Jack's back playing in the reserves now, he's doubling down. There's a total lap of on again. He's probably yeah. doubling down. Yeah, yeah. It is. yeah. It's, you know, it's life. Now, we started our show a couple of times this year, Hachi, with the obsession. And, and it's actually. It's gone beyond obsession. It's almost, I'd almost say it's stalking, actually, with, with what you are doing in, in every aspect of your life and how the Herald Sun thinks it's a, a story these days. I saw it again this week. You, you got rid of a golden boy, um, and, the, and then yesterday you, you quoted. I, I, did you give exclusive quotes to Jackie Epstein and the Herald Sun yesterday? Because I saw the quotes, and I thought, oh, where have you said this? It was, was it off the yeah. sounding board? Was it off some? I think you may have taken a phone call from Jackie. To I did. Get, to get yourself in the paper again. And so let me let... I thought we'd run this exercise. And by the way, I think that column that Jackie writes is fantastic. And of course you do. I'm a fan of Jackie. Of course and, you do. And Jackie's a big oh, listener. I know, I am. I legitimately am. We but... worked with Jackie back in the day. Yep. And, and Jackie is a big listener of this podcast as well and often offers me some good feedback on you, Damo, for what it's worth. So, positive. So I'd hope so. I'll go way back with Jack. <laughs> what do you need? When you're looking to elicit a quote from someone, you need a tenuous hook or link into the interview. So last week... Our PR team said, would you be available to do something around oh. our young 15-year-old host, Max Becker, who if you haven't heard, and this is my chance to tell the story, the kids' edition on Sundays at 8 o'clock, 
There's a precocious 15-year-old boy named Max Becker who hosted a live show on Sunday with Ellie Blackburn, who was magnificent. Ellie's a super talent. You were on his show, I think, last year in a pilot form of the interview series? I was. And yep. as I think Howie before me, Domo, your man, and uh, maintain a relationship. And this year, the kids edition, two great young talents. Ellie, who's 27, admittedly, and a you know, two-time a premiership player and a star in the AFLW, but a great media talent, got great empathy with kids and going to be a very big media name herself. And Max co-hosting. And I really liked the dynamic and then listened on Sunday. They took calls from kids. Fantastic. So I was available to promote that demo and I thought... It's funny, that. It'll be interesting to see who takes up this opportunity to just find another way into something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so, sure enough... You know, the, the, Good journalism, Hutchie. I think Jackie, to her credit, would have written a couple of lines on the kids' edition. It didn't make it past the subs. And then they wrote... Oh, no, no, in, in her defence, Max, Be- Max Becker has got some coverage in the last couple of weeks. Scotty Allen had uh, given it the tick. The week earlier. So I didn't expect another run for it. I, I figured there'd be another angle in there, and uh, it was. And it was. Cool. So, ex- so exclusive quotes. It wasn't quotes taken off a, it was a, this podcast, it was which a, is often the case. It was a 1v1 one, one demo. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> and what I've noticed, Archie, and this this is the fascination for me, is there, there's times when they run that that famous, and it is a famous shot, where, where you were papped after, effectively, what was your last hosting role on the Sunday, on the Thursday footy show, where you almost looked like you're coming out of a, the behind the bushes and your collars... Um, under under the under yep. the coat and you look dishevelled. Or they run they're running nice photos. I've noticed this week. There's a couple of nice photos, almost yeah. almost file shots. And the headline is rarely in step with the author, particularly at the Herald Sun, because you get fair coverage from the very fair and coverage from the journalists, and then you get the, the kind of the sub that goes, "I'll oh, just put a little bit of secret sauce on this." So what the, the tone of the story was. You know, 35, 40% increase in ratings in the last survey and 500% digital growth year on year. And the headline was dire. Dire ratings. Yep. Um, what about the other one during the week? I think it was Scotty Gull and uh, Hutchie's former golden boy resurfaces. Now, okay. I saw the headline and I thought, who's this going to be? So did I. <laughs> <laughs> and I love Jack Everett like, uh, like, like very few people I, I like Hutchie, but golden boy. It was a golden boy. It was a very tenuous link, wasn't it? But anyway, he's producing Wednesday Night Classified, which is great. Is he? Very good caller too, Jack. Very, very good caller. Just, hey, just on the uh, quick nod to the, speaking of Jack and the NBL, quick nod to the Jack Jumpers if I can. That story of them making the grand final is the Leicester, as I mentioned last week on the podcast, of Australian sport. The Tasmanian state has never really had a major sporting achievement in a national competition to hang its hat on. Mm. I say that with love. Save me the emails because I'm chips in on growing this 40... Oh, you know how big I am on footy in Tassie? And yep. Other than a Sheffield Shield win here and there, which, you know, is attended by several hundred people and a state of state game back in the 60s or the 80s or whatever, it hasn't had a story like this ever. How did a team, yeah. First year in a national competition, two and six this team. Were they? Thrown together. Um, no marquee player really... If you look at the... If you put all the players up on a list at the start of the year, I don't think many teams have got... I don't think anyone had anyone in the in the starting five or the next five, did they, in the NBL award? So that's probably a good example. What's of... the coach's background? I've loved his work, but I, I don't know. Motive, passionate guy, uh, spent some time in Perth. The marquee player, I guess, is Will Magno, who's ex, who was gone from Perth by the time we arrived. He's been out nearly all year. They're the best players and played. And they've had to go 15 of the last 20, you know, survive a overtime Wildcats, um, the day before, you know, Melbourne United, in the back half of that game, they gave players opportunity, which we would have done in the same situation. It was the right thing to do because they didn't need the win. They play in the semis. I think they tanked. They're down one. I didn't watch the game, but that's what I'm hearing. Down one nil. They win at home and 
in, in thunderous close one. Melbourne is stoic. And then last night, CG goes down in the pregame and they Chris, win. Chris Goulding. And they're in the grand final. It is a movie, this story, yeah. what they've achieved. And th- this Sunday's game in Tassie will be the hardest sporting ticket, I think, I can ever remember to get your hands on. It holds. Will they have dynamic pricing? What? No, they've been. You uh, would if you were running it. If you owned that team, as opposed to the two you have owned, you, no, you'd be I'd having be, a dynamic I'd be, pricing. I'd be doing everything I could to thank the people who've been supportive along the journey. Yeah. Are they? Are they any chance? Again, I don't. I, I follow the scores. I, I see highlights. That's all I see when it comes to NBL. Are they any chance the against the the mighty Sydney Kings? They've never been able to win. Like you wouldn't have thought at any stage this season they were. Mm. They were even. I don't believe even the venues were at one stage available in the finals in the grand final because right. no one had contemplated this run. Okay, and well done to the NBL who have built this team from scratch. So the, are the are the Kings got a home ground advantage, but they end up with a three two home ground advantage. Yeah, okay. But a year ago, this venue didn't exist. They built, or a year and a bit ago, they built the venue in eight months in the pandemic, middle of a pandemic. Like it's un, it's an unbelievable story in sport, and it just shows you what can be done. In it, it's a great. Should be a great belief for anyone in Australian sport who thinks that something's not possible. And the people power in this has been huge. The fan base, the Jackies have been unbelievable. So yes, I'm desperately disappointed the Wildcats aren't there. Desperately disappointed. Were you, were you deep down happy that United didn't get there? Given you once owned them, you sold them and bought the Wildcats. I was. I've been wounded watching the whole final series. I've been. I've been hard. I haven't been able to get involved in it emotionally at all, other than. The, the story side of the Jack Jumpers needs to be acknowledged. Yep, Hutchie, and as does the Sydney Kings of what they've done from being three and six. By the way, they're three and six too. Yep. Okay, Hutchie, we love uh, quotes that that aren't attributed in in various media, and and look, we've both done it before ourselves. So, so everything we talk about on this show, we've we've been guilty of either before uh, or will be at some stage of the future. You're the policeman of this. Oh well, we love it because there were um. There've been there've been references to sources. There've been references to impeccable sources. There's uh, there's operative operatives was a good one last week. We highlighted now. Now this week there's a story in the Herald Sun about Jerome Weimar, who had a, a lot to say about the Victorian state's handling of of COVID, and, and obviously that 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 role in every single state created um, a lot of enemies out of that person in in the eyes of some. He, Jerome Weimar, now is set to take charge of Victoria's 2026 Commonwealth Games. Um, Program yep. and it's it's a major job and everything I've seen about Jerome Weimar I would think he's up to that aspect of the job, but the Herald Sun wanted to go down a path that involved a sporting insider and as always when you just refer to a sporting insider not 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 someone who wants to put his or her name to it but a sporting insider the quote is just beautiful these quotes miraculously appear as journalistic perfection with the angle you want to take and and this particular mm-hmm. quote attributed to one sporting insider. He, as in Jerome, alongside Brett Sutton and Daniel Andrews, lectured us for two years and tried to kill off sport in this state, one sporting insider said. I'm not sure sport wants him anywhere near the games. Close quote. That's a good quote, isn't it? Do you, do you believe that sporting insider said that that way? I'd believe that if I read it on Dave Colbert's Twitter feed. <laughs> Actually, yeah. Actually, he's the, he may be the sporting insider. <laughs> He'd be the seven to two favourite. <laughs> Otherwise, it's yeah been manufactured and written by the, the subs, which you you maintain happens. It never happened in my time in my day, but no. But you you'd either get them on camera or you just tell the story. I think you've just got to tell the story. Put, putting these 
they are fake quotes because no one's prepared to stand you up. You say that. I, I've never seen that happen. Oh, please, Archie. <laughs> I've seen subs be a bit creative with who they think the source is. The sub will often cut and paste the... The quote, yeah. So a sporting insider said, and they'll you'll, you'll read that in your own copy some days, and you go, I don't remember I writing. I said that. Well, yeah. Just check what I sent off there. At last. I don't know if we've ever talked about this. Did you have to phone your stories in back in the day? Yeah, I used, yeah. You, Susan McDonald used to be the, the famous copy taker, as as was the the title of the person who. And there were, there was a pool so of copy this takers. This is how it used to go, right? Can you give me? a... Yeah, I'll do. I'll do one. Yep. Give me a paragraph somewhere. Oh, here we are. I'll, I'll read the Daily Mail you've got on the rundown here. The struggling. This is how you'd read your copy when you well, rang which it in. Page you want? Page two. Yep. You'd ring 9292-1209 or whatever the number Something was. Like that. And you'd hear, hello, copy taker. Yep. And you go, oh, I'm just calling. You know, i got a store story. Yeah. And it's by, you know, by Craig Hutch. They say, spell that for us. And you have to say, no in in the, uh, in the second name because <laughs> they wouldn't know who the hell you were. Yeah. Then they'd say, you'd read it like this. The struggling network is pulling out all of the stops in an effort to scoop seven, S-E-V-E-N, for the free-to-air, free-to-air broadcast rights, comma, even flying AFL Chief Gillan McLaughlin to New York. Stop. No, full stop, new par. Full stop, new par. You had to read the full stop, new par. And how many times did, through no fault of theirs, your copy get lost in translation? You'd sometimes wake up in the Sunday press or the Sunday Herald Sun and you'd see something entirely different. Well, the famous one when I just started, this had happened prior to me starting. So this is very late 80s. Um, what One of the uh, Herald versions, like the afternoon edition of the Herald version, on the Saturday, it was all rung through from the, the grounds. And you sometimes got a copy taker who, who didn't know the sport. And that's understandable, given that it's a pretty unique uh, beast. Um, the position of half forward flank became hardboard plank in, in the copy. <laughs> Did you read hardboard plank in the copy? No, I didn't read it, but it was a famous story that, that every journal reminded the next journal who came into the system, hey, make sure you spell these phrases that you made. You needed to on. be yeah. very phonetic. Like, you need to get it right down. David McMahon kicked three goals off a half-board half forward flank. Yeah. It became David McMahon kicked three goals off a hardboard plank. <laughs> that stuff happened all the time. And you'd read it in the paper sometimes and yeah. wince. Yeah. Yeah, but that... Ring the story in. The full stop, you par. And then... Uh, stop, the, net, you par. Open quotes. This is going to be a battle for the ages. Comma, close quotes. Comma, he close said, quotes. Or <laughs> continue quotes. Semicolon. Semicolon. Or in Terry McCran's case, dash. <laughs> Lots of dashes. He's a dash man in his column. If you haven't read Terry McCran's column, he's one of the best in the but country. But that was the way. I mean, people, he's a dash man. People now, obviously, just, just file on the run, as they think, basically. But back in the day, it was a... Major battle to get your copy through because it was hard yards. Sometimes you couldn't get access to the copy take uh, at yep. the time you needed to on the deadline, and then they. That, that's the other thing is the the subs would say to you, "We need twenty centimeters on this story or thirty centimeters." They would talk to you in Sims, in, yeah. in, in in and and look. F- 30 sims, that'd be, again, I could be way off here, but that'd be about three, 250, 300 words yeah, or thereabouts. Know. Oh, you wouldn't know. Yeah. But best. the other thing, you'd have to, on the, and I did this on the Sunday paper a lot, actually, every journal's done it. Um, you have to file before the final siren because you had a whole double page spread of copy yep. required for that moment on the first or second edition. Yep. And sometimes matches are won in the last five minutes. And so you had to write a copy that almost had nothing to do with the game. Yeah, and then you could, you could always update it. That was always a luxury. But some of those early editions had some pretty... Do you remember well, those days when you used to get a full page for the match report? Yeah. Like as if no one had seen the game. Yeah. You'd get a full page. But, but no one had. No one had. <laughs> don't forget. Don't, don't forget. There were people I mean, that just wrote match reports. But even Hutchie, this is this is relatively recent. Jason Dunster, was a, it was the 30th year anniversary of his famous 17 goals. Now... Manuel, you know all the researchers we've got now, Swamp and, and Josh Kay and, and, and all the people who work in these archives, there's there's no vision of the 17 Amazing goals. And, and there's not even vision of some of the eight goals that it, where he takes a mark before it. 
I raise that because that people wouldn't have seen that game. People yeah. knew that game, and that's 1992. I mean, that, that's the modern era, so so to speak. But it's amazing. That game. I mean, the the second highest goals kicked in a game by the great Jason Dunstall in an era where we've had TV. It's not on TV that we know of. You'd get you know, around the grounds to you know whoever at Waverley. It's Hawthorne, Hawthorne, fifteen eight ninety eight. You know Carlton, four eight thirty two. Dunstall has nine. <laughs> And you go, oh, it's- oh, he's on. He's on today. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, anyway, I don't know how I got onto that, but uh, there you go. Ring in your copy. Um, we mentioned Kane Collins before. Just a couple of quick hit media ones, just specific, Kachi. Um, We've talked about this before too, but but there's a pool of big name and big money talent on a lot of media outlets around town. I won't even need to go specific here on this particular part, but Kane, Corn- Kane Corns works for, for obviously you. He works for Channel 9. He produces more headlines for the organisations that he doesn't work for than the people who do get paid to work for those organisations? I think he, he drives a lot of our digital consumption, no question about that, but he, he cuts through in a, everyone else's content too. Yeah. And, and it suits certain causes and narratives to say, oh, Kane, Kane Corns have done this again, have you heard this, as, as though it's condescending, but they'll then talk about it for yeah. 15 minutes. He's become footy's ultimate reference point, hasn't mm. he? I used to call Mike Sheehan football's conscience. Well, Kane's is modern day reference point. There you go. I think. You might need a bit of catchphrase in that. I don't think that quite sticks like um, first lady of football and football's might conscience. Might need a bit of work. Yeah. Hey, can we just switching lanes for a minute? This is your wheelhouse. Oh. Aussie's horrified by PM's curry photo. Oh, yes. I'm glad you've raised this. <laughs> <laughs> horrified social media users have pounced on one of alarming details, the alarming details in Prime Minister. Because he's, he's a curry man. He's on the record saying, I'm a curry man. He famously went for the curry before he went for the ukulele in the... 60 minutes sit down. Well, we, we've we already highlighted this, that he, he once claimed to have cooked a curry via his own photo work on Instagram, um, a curry on a barbecue where, where the flame wasn't even wasn't on. on. And he had these um, really, really thin steel bowls holding the curry ingredients, which was not going to be cooked on a barbecue. Sunday night he's gone for the curry dinner on Facebook. He posted a snap of his family's meal <laughs> after he claimed to have whipped up a Sri Lankan tamarind eggplant and okra dish. Yeah. as well as chicken, korma, and rice. And he pushed this out. Strong curry, strong economy, strong future. Because uh, even yeah. on Facebook, he's talking in sound bites. But what's his name? Even eating at the dinner table, he's talking jabs in sound bites. Jabs and jobs. Jenny says, all right, Scott, give me a, have a taste. What do you think? And his response, strong curry, <laughs> strong economy, <laughs> strong future. <laughs> so even giving feedback on the meal, he speaks in TV grabs. Because if those who haven't noticed, by the way, the pollies are taught to speak in... Six seconds or less in, in grabs. Stop the boats. Tony Abbott, the most famous yeah, example. J- jabs and jobs. That's jabs our and way jobs. Through. Because they want to make sure that grab makes the news. Anyway, the feedback to this was it's pink raw chicken. Yeah. Eat chicken responsibly, said people online. And you don't even bother cooking the chicken. Now, this would be lost on you, Hutchie, because you, I, 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 when, when you, when, when you, you once the, um, asked me to do that uh, the dish, dish, yeah, which ran its race, by the way. Um, I then once said, you need a bit of lemon rind. And you said, hmm, lemon rind. Where do you get lemon rind? Anyway, that, that's why I'm just raising that. Because that would be lost on you, that, that chicken. Well, that's why I come to you on this. Is raw. I don't care what he Give says. Give me your assessment on the chicken. It's a raw piece of chicken. It's a piece of raw chicken. Is it edible? Not in that form. It would need to be cooked. And if you're going to present that as your photo, and he's defended this, Hutchie. He actually was asked about this by the media oh, yesterday. there was follow-up. Oh, there was follow-up. It wasn't only us that How was... How did he defend the said chicken? He said it was cooked. I don't care what he says. That chicken in that photo is not cooked. you think the picture was taken out of context? Oh, yes. Not for the first time in Scott Morrison's life. Has something been so taken? Hang on. 
Are you leveling? Are you saying that he mocked the photo? Yep. And I'm. I'm actually throwing into the possibility. You're that calling him a liar that's about not the chicken. His work in the kitchen. Well, hang on. As a possibility, someone else a, cooking it would have had a greater chance of it being cooked, right? That to me looks like um, it's a prepared meal pack. Not that I am familiar with that because I like to cook myself. But that looks to me when you get it out of the pack, just microwave this for you know two minutes at uh, power level six, and your your chicken will be ready. Hang on a second, Jane. Hang on. Give me a drum roll. Jane. Is the is the host of the one time highly successful podcast Damo's Dish calling? Quite unquote. Drum roll. This microwave food. Are you calling Scott Morrison in the middle of a federal election a liar about his food? I'm saying that that chicken in that photo that he posted is raw. Wow. It is raw, Hutchie. You're I, backing up all the naysayers on social. Well, so we're, Could we this might, be enough to swing the election? We might have a problem out of this episode because you said Melbourne United tanked before. I not, not once said it. I, I you said, said everything but use the T word. I said the same thing that I said last week, which is very clear. They were in the fortunate position to be able to manage their team and get minutes in the players in the second half. And if any other team in the comp had been in the same spot, they'd have done the same thing. Um, John Coates, I, I You could say arguably, but you could also mount the case quite strongly. The most famous Australian sporting operator on an international scale. I, I raise it because in the time we, since we last spoke on this show, he's um, announced intentions to stand down as, as head of the Australian Olympic uh, movement. Um, yep. He's still going to have major jobs, and knowing when, uh, soon it's 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 in the it's in the offing. I mean, he's announced the date. Um, it might be a matter of months. There'll be a, a replacement. I think it's in Chesterton, I think. Or anyway, but it, he he has been more influential. And the reason I want to raise him today, Hutchie, because he's several times over his um thirty five year career at the highest levels of of that of that type of sports administration been attacked by so many people now. I don't agree with everything he's done. In fact, I don't even like a lot of what he's done. I think he's done a lot of it in that old school, you know, I'll put inverted commas, Sydney old school Thai network way. Um, but been successful in so many ways too. I mean, got effectively got the Sydney Olympics to Australia in 2000 and was behind the, 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 the loophole in the bidding recently to get the 2032 Olympics to Brisbane. So a significant person. But it was only 2017 – at toward the end of his extraordinary tenure, where everyone went him, and, and again, I don't want to reopen that whole debate about the bullying aspects of the AOC and the jobs for the boys and all that aspect. But when you have a news limited campaign which was launched against him in that way, and not one nice thing was said about him for a matter of months leading into an election, he then won that effective election in a complete. Well, I won't say a landslide, but Did- he saw it off. He saw it off in 2017. He gets to go on his own terms now. Was there a break bread moment? Don't know. I don't know because because he was clearly in the news camp for there for a long period. But then they, at that particular point in time, seemed to back the John Wiley horse. Now John didn't run against him personally, yep. but the suggestion was that he put up Danny Roach to to run against uh, John Coates, and and that ended the way a lot of uh, battles do when I John Coates is involved. News wouldn't have changed horses though. They don't do that. They don't change rides though. <laughs> Why do you always load up a news question that way and then get me to put my voice on the response <laughs> when what you want to actually say, what you want to say? Can you can you for once pick up the... I haven't actually stayed across the John Coates thing over the years, so I'll, I'll, I'll take you on faith. You, you don't even know. listen to your own people on your own hey, station I, when it suits you. Did I read Did I read the ABC do a fact-checking piece <laughs> on your Sunday free oh. show? Um, well, I'm glad you've raised this one because I would have raised this one. 
Yeah, if you put your foot in it on the Sunday footy no, show. No, 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 we didn't put our foot in it. And, and you and I have discussed this. I, think, I read, three your, or four I read times your quotes out last week. Yes, but yep. you read the quote again, taken out of context. Oh, by the way, I clarified that with Jackie Epstein, Epstein in the said <laughs> interview. Because Jackie was <laughs> Jackie was the author of that story, and I, yes. But the context and of, what was the phrase? What's this Jackie, space was whether he plays next week. Was it whether he'd been injected? Jackie said, "To be fair, she did later reference in that story that you had come back onto the television and clarified the situation, as you told us last week when you defend or week before when you defended." The foot in mm. the, the, the foot in mouth you made. There, on there was no foot in mouth. There, there was no. Let me be very clear on that. There was no foot in mouth from me, from Kane or Lloydie or whoever else. TJ, I think from you there was, and you've no, since, no, there was. You've since you came, you walked back those comments, and I, I accept. <laughs> no, that. no, no. I haven't walked back anything. And if you want to fact check this conversation, ABC, I'm not walking back anything I said, anything. So you got on that topic. You know, and you dragged us all into it because we all work part-time for nine. But, no, but raise this fact-check thing because I want to talk about this. The ABC so, is out there fact-checking a 90-second conversation no, on a footy show. Happened. <laughs> Hasn't the ABC got better things to do no. than fact-check? I'll tell you what happened. <laughs> oh, seriously, I used to defend the ABC when you used to say they, they operate out of a spaceship down there. And maybe I'm with you on this, Hutchie. This is what happened. The RMIT weekly newsletter is called oh. Checkmate. Well, surely RMIT's got better things to do than fact-check. Well, let's get them involved in this because we'll have lots of listeners at RMIT. <laughs> so Checkmate is a weekly newsletter from uh, RMIT Fact Lab. Can I, can I subscribe? You can. It I'll, says, I'll put myself to yeah. sleep each night. It's, it says you can read the latest edition below and subscribe to have the next newsletter oh, delivered so to They're inbox. selling something. They're selling a private... Oh, actually, do, you, might, you might want to get involved of, in this. For sake of... Are they selling something on the ABC platform, just, Hutchie? Let me finish. For sake of full disclosure... I did sit the RMIT journalism entrance test twice and did not make it through. <laughs> I made that I was course. overlooked. I actually made that course. And, and so for the students who are sitting there listening at the moment, you're a long way ahead in your career of what I was at the same point. But hit, hit, uh, the RMIT Fact Lab. Oh, <laughs> Fact Lab. And its sister organisation, <laughs> the RMIT ABC Fact Check. So, Are you making this up or are you actually reading? There it is. Oh. I'll read the full paragraph. Checkmate is a weekly newsletter from RMIT Fact Lab, which recaps the latest in the world of fact-checking and misinformation, oh. drawing on the work of Fact Lab and its sister organisation, RMIT you can't, ABC Fact Check. You can't write that without it being a parody. You can read the last edition below. So in the 29th, you're the headline. This former, is a comedy act. Former AFL stars wrongly suggest heart issues going through the roof due to vaccines. And then you're quoted in the story. No, I'm not, no, no, I actually wasn't, because you sent me the link to this article. I wasn't quoted in this one, thankfully, because I didn't need to be quoted in the first one. So they've quoted Nick Wood, the associate professor, professor with the National Centre for Immunisation. And what did Nick say? Research. So he's poured cold water on his story. No, but can you go right down to the bottom, though? Because there's a reference to, to Matthew Lloyd's comments about Bell's palsy. There was a reference in that article you did send me, Hutchie, that, that actually... I feel half endorses what Matthew Lloyd may have thrown up. Can you read that paragraph, please? No, I don't want to get into the specifics of that. I'm just more <laughs> here. To, Matthew's had his own journey and he's entitled to his view. I, I'm more here to talk about you. But I wasn't in that article because thankfully the fact check has realised I had nothing to do you've with it. You've been the first fact place. checked, Damo. <laughs> and, the... and, and proven that you've backed up, they backed up Jackie Epstein's story. <laughs> and, and both both Checkmate from the RMIT Fact Lab. Can we draw these names now? Checkmate. What, what's the sister? The sister organisation is the RMIT ABC Fact Check. In fact, I tell them, doing. I'm subscribing as I speak. I'll get this every week. And then your inoculation against misinformation is the headline. So, Damo, you're now, you and I, 
And now subscribed. In all oh, seriousness, can, can we remove the Sunday footy show from this conversation? I just love the fact what, that you've what been... Do you, what do you make about? I love the fact that you've been fact-checked. <laughs> fact-checked and proven to be right. Wrong. <laughs> what are we doing? Fact-checked. We've said before, there are no facts in journalism anymore. It's just one person's or one organisation's version of whatever happened. There are no facts, Hachi. As I think we heard in the last series of Billions when the sun made a run at the old man, in the modern spoiler alert, in, modern, in modern times, uh, information is going to be more powerful than I think he said oil or petrol or um, <laughs> water or whatever he said. Information is the biggest currency of the modern era, and misinformation, yeah, which Barack is, is, is equally dangerous. Which Barack Obama's now made his, his quest, and Kevin Rudd's obviously oh. been on the forecast for a while. It seems to be a former poly thing, <laughs> but misinformation, <laughs> Damo, is, an, is an essential part of journalism. Essential part of journalism, yep. and. And I think it's great that someone's held you to account. <laughs> Speaking of journalism, can I, I, a non- I haven't been held to account. I had nothing to be held to account for on that topic. Other things, yes. Just journalists get a, a bad rap often, a raw name. We've now got vigilante groups around the world you know, chasing journalists and taking pictures and there's whatever else. There's people sending us stuff every single week. So when there's great journalism yep. that does good for the community and society, I want to actually acknowledge that along the way this year a little bit more than we have in the past. <laughs> Yes, and we did that previously. We, we, with we do that on the run, though, don't we? We did that with Mick Warner's story. I can't remember which one, but it did a lot of good. The story yesterday that the, Sam the, the do better report, I think you're yeah. referring to, and but we we regularly refer to the Nick McKenzie offerings. In, Nick McKenzie's done a yeah. lot of good. Sam Landsberg's exclusive on yeah. female umpiring. Yep, and that's the, in, that's the fact that that report had gone unacknowledged, buried in essence. Yeah, and it had some damning, alarming things that need to be dealt with fuck swiftly, quickly. And it's in the public interest to know. Yep. I just want to not, I want to call that out as a great piece of journalism. Yep. That is a reminder of how valuable good journalism is. Yep. To the community when it is when it shines a light on an issue that forces people to act, react, and get better. Yep. And so hats off, Sam. Yep. I agree. Does it contrast with what Tom Brown put up as Essendon getting a priority pick as a as a Topper, well, you've raised this. Conversation. You've raised this in the back. Well, I didn't raise it. We had it sent through to us a million times. Everyone and... is entitled to their opinion. I've had some left, very left field thoughts over the journey, which have been scoffed at. <laughs> Essendon getting a Let's have, Can we have a listen to Tom Brown on Friday Night Football? And also, some of their uh, draft selections haven't been as good as they could have been in recent years. I know it's a controversial topic, but I don't. I think we should have an uncompromised That's it, Tom, draft turn. Right, as Tommy, much you're as possible. Done. You're done. Did you say Essendon? <laughs> I can understand maybe North. Give a little bit. They've made a lot of changes. Tommy Essendon, I'll go through. So take it 2020 because of COVID. They've had 12, 12, 12 and 11 wins. There's no way they're getting a priority pick, Tommy. Hodgie, my point is I want an uncompromised as much as possible draft. Essendon shouldn't get one either, but they deserve one arguably more than North. Hodgie wasn't too impressed, was he, Luke Hodge? Well, Luke Luke decided to go right arm fast downhill in his response. Now, a couple of things, Damo. Yes. Do you think, A, Tom generally believes Essendon deserve a priority pick? I would think he would because you, you couldn't present that. Can I just finish that... the A, Bs and Cs? Oh, oh sorry. I, I thought I was going to just answer him on the run. <laughs> sorry. It's like, it's like a, the uh, scorecard. I'll get back to it at the end, do I? A, Tom arrived at that genuine opinion. Right. B, a contact of his who works in Essendon football, list management Ooh. or both. I see why I need to planted, assess it. Planted the seed. wonder why no one's talking about this. <laughs> or C, the shadow of Mitch is looming <laughs> so large in the rear view that what's the... 
Cane corns comment I've got tonight that can just push a little distance between us for the weekend. I can rest well, easy. This is actually, I can see why you want me to answer this in totality now. Um, I'm glad you did ask me to address it this way. B and C. B and C. B and C. Yeah. Because on the same night in question, which we weren't to know at the point in time, Mitch, was it, maybe, no, sorry, the next night, Saturday, Mitch is doing the old Basil yes, he is. central role. Yeah, which is forcing, I think, Tom to take, to craft an, a more opinionistic. It's not even a word. Opinionistic. Uh, <laughs> Leave that in, Joe. Yeah. <laughs> it's forcing Tom into a space of sharper opinion to keep step with the hang timers, was once described to me. The TV hang time that Mitch is getting on a Saturday night. Did a very nice job on the Saturday night, Mitch, both uh, half time yep. and full time. Well, he's getting genuine Saturday night hang time. And doing the job. And Not easy to throw to all those bits of pieces. And Tom's spot, I think, is, correct me if I'm wrong, is that piece he does there is on the countdown show, which is on the Seven Mate product. Uh, it normally is, but apparently oh. this one just gone, oh. which wasn't a good thing for Tom given the content of it. It was actually on the main channel because so, it was a Perth game. So maybe he got free to air hang time? Since the moment, and no doubt somebody in that circle would have said, why don't you suggest this? And it's normally self-serving interest that, that tip into those thinking, that thinking. I think... Uh, it's unsellable, that's, that when opinion. When you couldn't say the tank word before, I think you were, you were unable to say right now the name Adrian Dodoro. Is that what you're alluding to? No, I wasn't suggesting that at well, all. I, okay, given I've picked up what you've put to me, I will say that name in, on, on, on your behalf. It's... It's a, it's an opinion that you would have had to had someone poke in the ribs and even as a joke and say, have you thought about this? <laughs> and generally speaking, some of those things are self-serving. But it might have been a prominent fan or who knows. All right. Hachi, we'll get to uh, our regular of Question of the Week. On the sounding board, it's our Question of the Week for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to drink, choose to Drinkwise. This week, Damo comes from Jared Wilch via email. Damo, in light of Kane Corns' hair colour tribute to Jack Ginnivan, when can we expect you to don a Luke Beveridge handlebar moustache and or a Justin Lippich style red hair? Now, this is a great question. That's not Jared. a bad question. And the question of the week is for drink wise, choosing to drink. Please take a breath, take it easy and drink wise. <laughs> I couldn't pull that look off. That is a serious... Mind you, you were onto this with Luke. You've noticed it creep back up the face. It was really down toward below the chin, wasn't it? The initial handlebar. It's now almost just well, your, your standard mode. Well, and was, I think you brought it, it attention was, to it. It was the subtle easing out, so... I won't be told to take it off, but I'll just do it in my own time and I'll just start to creep back before no one notices. That, that's now exactly that, what he's doing. Now yeah. that we've called it out, you watch him go the other way out of stubbornness. It'll, I it'll go back down again. He'll go back down again. You watch. Oh, okay. My over and under on... Do, do, do you do you think on that you have got into his head on that? Because I, I, yep. I actually think you might have because yeah. someone would have said... Well, actually, not many people I think tell the, him what to do. <laughs> I think the handlebar moustache was easing up. <laughs> And then now he's heard us call it out. He's like, no, no you. I'm not, you. I'm not creating another fight with him. He's done a mo U-turn, and he'll just go back down again. Just say, look at me. I'm staying here. And and then just when you think we've dropped the topic, up, up it'll come again. And for all my issues with that, with, with Luke Beveridge, actually, the one thing I do love about him, no one, no, no one tells him what, no one tells no one, him what to no do. No one puts baby and, in the and, corner. And, and if you do, he's just going to absolutely take longer to do what it is they say to do. Nobody puts baby uh, in the corner. The problem with that suggestion, Jared, is I, I can grow a beard, Hachi, but it's a bit like you. It goes white around the chin region, and, and it's not a good look. It's just not a good look. A couple uh, of things I want to put on your radar before we finish. Yeah, okay. I know you always say we're out of time. It's a podcast. We can go seven hours if we damn will feel I'm like. Conscious of your so time. You're, you're regularly, and so your phone's going now as we speak. You've got to jump on a plane probably like you normally do. And Two things. Yep. 
Get on your radar if it's not. Yep. The Angels the Angels City FC Footy Club. Now, you did flag this and I didn't get to it. In LA. Do, do you want to park it yep. and do it properly next it's week? It's a professional women's soccer team launched in LA by Natalie Portman and an amazing amount of highly talented women who have sought to reinvent the economics and right. the value set of global sport. I think I heard one of these um, owners, Hutchie, speak at that sport next Conference oh, right. that we yeah. spoke about. I think I did. I'll have to come back to you on that. It's but an it amazing very impressive. story, and yeah. I, I've got it on my radar to follow closely. Uh, second thing is, I'm only one episode into the next seven dropped on Ozark, so that's six to go. We can review that. Hopefully, we'll get through them by next week. I gave up on that one. I just had enough of that. You gave up, didn't you? Yeah, I did. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I gave up on that, that and billions. It was all just the same storyline, just different settings. Okay. I had one more there, but I, that doesn't matter. Look, sounds like we're out of time, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> We normally are for your reasons, Hutchie. That was episode 13, series 7 of the Sounding Board for Drinkwise. If you're choosing to watch Ozark or choosing to have a drink, choose to drink wise. Thanks for listening to the Sounding Board podcast with Hutchie and Damo. Tune in for questions tomorrow and to send a question to the boys, email the soundingboard at sen.com.au, follow the show on Twitter at Sounding Board EP and like the Facebook page. It's all thanks to Drinkwise. If you're choosing to have a drink, choose to Drinkwise.